to here so we don't get fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Another hockey episode. You're so quiet. Move that mic a little closer to you. I'm like swallowing it. Like that? Thomas, if you have to lean forward to talk, you're not swallowing the mic. Well, I, I my chair has a backrest. Am I, am I loud enough now? Hello. I'll turn you up in post. Hello. Well, hold on. If I have to. Which one? You could probably turn that gain up a is, lot. Is this one the gain? No, no, no. The top one is the gain. Oh. Uh, which way is up? To my left or my Your right? Your left. Hello. 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 I don't know how much gain really affects volume, to be honest. You know, I don't either. Is your volume on the front all the way up? I don't think that yeah. affects volume. I think that only affects how you hear. Wow. Because even if I turn it all the way down, like it's still showing up the same. Right. Oh, wait. Maybe it's not. How's mine sounding? Hello, 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 hello. Yeah, see, it shows up the same on here. Oh, okay. But I can hear it. So am I. So I think this volume only controls what you hear. Oh. Oh. Well, like, Uh, to me, I'm, like, screaming. Yeah, not to to this. I don't know if that's game. I don't know what that is, man. I'll just turn up. We're not not techie enough. We're not. We're not. (laughs) Anyways, welcome to our podcast about sports. Um, Oh. Hi, welcome. Am I? Yes. How am I sounding now? How am I looking on the thing now? Great. Actually. Okay, good. Because like, I don't yeah. think I can get closer than yeah. what I am right now. Uh, I'll listen Hi. to it too, and I always listen to it. And if it's way too quiet, I don't listen to the right. whole thing. But like, right. No, I got anyway. you. Anyway, I got you. Um, Hi. But like Tom, huh? Hi. Hi. How's it going? Um, yeah, good. Okay, that's good. Right. I just wanted to make sure now that you could hear me, that you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Heck doing yeah. pretty good. Heck yeah. Uh, hockey has been exciting this week. Yeah, like Thomas said, this is going to be a hockey podcast, but also... There might be a little, a little something something on the we're end. We're going to talk a little bit about college football. I know. So uh, if so, you can suffer through, hopefully not too long, of hockey, you can get to college football, which, which I know a lot of you are starved for. Honestly, I don't know if you're going to love that either, because I'm going to piss a lot of people off today. <laughs> Today? Yeah. Just today? Or whenever they listen to this. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, in case you didn't know, don't in start. In case you didn't know. I'm, you know, when I was planning out. Baby, I'm crazy about you. I was writing down, like, my I talking. I would be lying if I said that I could live this life without you. I was writing down my talking Even point. though. Today, I don't tell you all the time. I intentionally made a mental note to myself to not say the words in case you didn't know. And I just, like, the second it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, 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 no. But uh, if you lived under a rock, or that rock just doesn't have any satellites point pointed toward the NHL realm, you might have missed a uh, juicy rumor that circulated through the rumor mill. Last week, we talked about how Corey Perry's contract was being terminated. Last week, we got a nugget as to why that may have been. So, uh, Corey Perry has entered the alcohol uh, depression mental health rehab program with the citation being alcohol. Uh, I was about to say, that's a lot. Yeah, of, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Potential The rumor problems. mill came to life, and I'm a big believer in the sport world of where there's smoke there's almost certainly a fire yeah uh is that the during the nhl's mom's weekend for the chicago blackhawks in case you didn't know the the 
NHL does a mom's weekend and a dad's weekend where each player's mom or dad Could tags along with the rumor, team. Could you imagine if this rumor circulated on dad's weekend? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> not that there would have been anything wrong with that. No. Other, you know, than but adultery. Like, but like the point is, is uh, the mom or father of each player tags along with the team for a weekend on a road trip and they get VIP treatment and all that jazz. Well, the rumor mill came to life that Corey Perry longtime vet who's being paid two mil a year uh slept with rookie phenom connor bedard's mother during mom's weekend which is a hilarious rumor it's a it's a it's objectively hilarious i don't know if hilarious is the word that i would use but it's a crazy like this is some cw network nonsense is what it is thomas what if we're sitting in the house one day yeah and Jacob came in screaming at AG. And he said, and we're like, dude, what's happening? And he said, he slept with my mom. We would have died laughing. Right. But there's also not. So a, it's funny. It, yes. Like so I hate, it's objectively I see, funny. I see what you're saying. I think it's different because of the national spotlight. Still pretty funny. I, yeah, yes. Yes. It is more in the comical side of controversies yes uh but i mean this is like this story picked up momentum fast very fast uh no one has come out and said that that's what happened but like how can how can you you know like if you're the gm you can't say yeah that's what happened that's why we got rid of him the the reason they gave was uh unperfect unbecoming conduct within the in the around the team yeah basically he did something on a morality standpoint or an ethical standpoint that was a little questionable uh and it's ironic because Corey perry they the blackhawks brought in guys like Corey perry to mentor connor bedard and to really show him how to handle himself in the league and now this situation has come on come out I mean, he showed his mom how to handle some stuff, so... Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I mean, listen, I get it. I've seen Connor Bedard's mom. She's a very... I have not. She's a very... She's she's a pretty woman. Uh, but there's a lot of... All we've been told is that the rumor is not true. But we haven't been told what happened. And to me, that's a little disjarring because... Hockey, like players have shown up to practice drunk before that's happened. Players have gotten themselves in the situations because of alcohol. What she's quite attractive, yeah. She's she's beautiful. That's not the point. The point is, so many things have happened in regards to alcohol and professional sports that, like, why don't you just say it? It's yeah. likely to be something we've all heard before, I unless I, it's not. I think it is something, in my opinion. Based on what I've read and things that I've seen. Yeah. I do think it's something that is not just alcohol, right? Yeah. It's not just drug abuse. There, there's some there's locker been room issue. Very open in the past when that's happened. Uh, this person has been battling alcohol. This person's been battling this. This person's been battling that. So I do think it's more, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he slept with Connor Bedard's mom. I dude, that would be so wild. The only reason I don't think that is because he posted a statement on Twitter, the artist formerly known as Twitter, I guess X. Hmm. Um, he posted on X ah. and said, 
he did this whole apology thing. And Connor Bedard replied to that tweet. W apology. And said W apology. Now, I don't think Connor Bedard would do that if he slept with his mom. I and, and last time I brought this up, you said, well, what if he was being sarcastic? I feel like if you're being sarcastic, you're usually being pretty obviously sarcastic, especially on the yeah. internet where tone is incredibly difficult to read. Yeah. Right? And so he saw this, took his time to read it, and then post like a reply. I just, I think if this really was a situation, I think he would have, th- that specific situation, it, right. it obviously is right. a real situation. But if it was specifically that situation, I feel as though, one, Connor Bedard would have blocked him on socials. Yeah. Connor, but even if he didn't, he wouldn't have taken the time to read it, let alone would he have taken the time. And the public, like, seeing it, right? He's a verified Twitter user, or X user. So people can see that he re- replied to it. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't take the public looking at it, uh, being able to see it, the time to read it, or even be able to read it because he would have had him blocked. Right. Had that... Mm-hmm been the case of Corey Perry sleeping with his mom. So that's, I, that's kind of my opinion based on human interaction. Yeah. I don't think it's obviously something serious. I think it's with someone not named Connor Bedard. I also do not think that it, I think it does involve Connor Bedard, but I don't think it involves his mom because one thing we know about hockey players is they're so professional and yeah. what i mean by that is it's almost like they're robots like yeah. there, there's a culture in hockey that is thoroughly ingrained and like to make like portrayal happens but to do that level i think is inconceivable from a from a way like from hockey culture standpoint like even player personalities are so far to like suppressed it's a good thing connor bedard doesn't play with zach wilson you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh but my thing about it is, though, is like what you, according to everything that's coming out, they're doing everything by the book, le- legally speaking. Yeah. Uh, which is good because, you know, following that, the most recent uh, event that I'm not going to reference because then we have, to, we have to slap an E on this. Uh, that's good. However, because of that event, you all, you don't just have to satisfy the legality checkpoint. You also have to satif- satisfy the social checkpoint. Because not only have you put a black spot on your franchise's history from a legal aspect, you've shattered the trust of a lot of fans, not just of your team, but of the league, of the safety of the players joining the league. Like, there's a lot of trust that has been altered. Don't look at me like that. I just, I'm Corey Perry having fans is a... I'm not talking about Corey Perry We're talking about the Blackhawks organization. I'm talking about the Blackhawks organization. Their impact on their fans, but just... they have a lot of fans either? Yes. I know they you're being should. sarcastic, but uh, I am, very but much it's so. not just their team. It's not just their specific fans. The entire trust in, yeah. I'd say, the NHL as a whole yeah, process, 100 has been shaken. And you could argue that the NHL didn't handle the other situation. They didn't. They well handled it poorly. Yeah, very poorly. They covered it up, and it shouldn't have been covered up. Yeah. But so, like, so them doing it right this time is refreshing. Them doing it right legally is refreshing. However, they have not done anything so- socially. And what I mean by that is, like, 
I understand that you don't want to air out other people's dirty laundry, whatever the situation has been. But here's the pro- here's the thing. Here's the thing. You are one setting up your face of the franchise, an 18 year old kid, mind you. I know 18 years old is an adult. When I was 18, I was basically still a kid. I'm basically still a kid. Well, like, it's also different with hockey players, though, because like they they live such a like adult life at like 14 they do and so by 18 i would venture to say pro athletes are a little more no they mature they absolutely do than we were but than i am now the media has not held back on bedard yeah like athletes get frustrated when they don't when they're not able to do what they want on the field that's a fair that's a fair statement i feel like that's pretty applicable across all leagues absolutely sometimes they physically demonstrate that frustration it could be taking a helmet off and throwing it on the sideline we've seen odell beckham with a field goal post kick thing i mean you know like antonio brown took off his whole outfit. yeah he took he, he basically <laughs> stripped down and like we've seen these things happen across all the leagues we've seen it happen in the nba the mlb the nfl the nhl connor bedard is getting just picked and prodded by the media like oh look at this kid having a hissy fit because he didn't score that's not a hissy fit that's frustration anyone with a brain cell who has watched any degree of time of a sporting event can tell that that is frustration that's not a hissy fit he thought he had a good shot he didn't get all of it and it did it was a missed opportunity it's reasonable to be frustrated in that but now you're setting him up to be one picked and prodded by the media again over not something on the ice, but something off the ice that's just a rumor. And that's going to be putting pressure on his on his mental state, as well as probably his family's mental state. I mean, if you're Daddy Bedard, I'm sure you're not feeling great with this whole rumor circulating. Yeah. And that's putting in tension in your marriage, whether it's intentional or unintentional, it's, it's still there. of you to not talk about the mom. I mean, I'm just, I'm, well, I'm, I'm she's speaking. the one probably dealing with the most. No, absolutely. But like accusations of cheating it, on her husband but, with a rat like Corey. Perry. Right, right. But at least Connor Bedard and his even mother were there. His dad was completely isolated from the situation. All he has is what Bedard, Connor, or his mom is telling him, slash what the media is saying. Like, I'm thinking that that's probably going to be the point of where that tension starts to form. Is because at least those two have an inside look into what really happened. Only one person probably knows what well, really happened. We don't happened. even know that this incident happened on Mom's weekend. That rumor that that, that rumor goes with the rumor of Corey Perry getting friendly with his mom. Yeah, but the timing of it is interesting. But like, let's. What I'm getting at though is not whether it happened or didn't happen. What I'm getting at. I thought is, you were about to drop a. Well, the timing of it is sus. I was about to be like, Thomas, this is a professional podcast. <laughs> the timing is sus. But um, what I'm getting at is like, not only is he going to be getting this treatment from the media for probably the next couple months, if not yeah. longer, oh, I would assume. Least, but at he, least. He's going to get brutalized on the ice for the rest of his career. So like you got to you got to look at the standpoint from the GM of the Blackhawks situation, right? Yeah. You can either a protect Corey Perry's privacy when and whatever it was that he did that was very clearly something he was not supposed to do. A forty year old guy you're paying two million dollars a year for who probably is he's probably got two seasons left in him at max. Versus Connor Bedard, your recent number one overall pick, who you're paying like 2.4 this year to, and probably would like to pay a lot of money over the next 15, 20 years, and you're setting him up 
for just abuse on and off the ice while protecting the guy who's in the twilight of his career, who is a well-established POS on the ice. And we can infer that he's probably not the nicest guy off the ice, but that is just, you know, speculation. When Chicago inevitably makes it to the, or uh, gets eliminated from the playoffs, if I was a reporter, I would say, uh, do you think losing your new stepdad will play an impact on you guys missing the playoffs? And there's, there is going to be some person, some person out there who is going to take that shot because, you know, we're, people, reporters live off of click worthy, uh, information. And that is a click worthy question to ask. Like that is a question specifically generated or asked to generate clicks. I have read articles based off of a clickbaity title. And it wasn't even relevant. That had absolutely nothing in the article. Yep. Just a big old nothing burger of an article. But they got that click. But that click, the yep. quote, the tiny little out of context quote drew me in. Mm-hmm. It did. So to me, Chicago, while you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, legally speaking, I think they need to do more on the social front to yeah. protect their their next young star. Like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Also, you lose Taylor Hall and Corey Perry, players that you were expecting to bring in to mentor Bedard. You have Patrick Kane sitting on free agency, not anymore, but he was sitting on free agency. Like, it, like, all, like I feel like a lot of these moves are very clear. Like, yes, you walk through this door. This isn't a stop and just consider all options. There is yeah. one clear option, and they just aren't doing it. And it's frustrating as a fan because Bedard is supposed to be the next the next big thing. He's supposed to rival McDavid and Matthews. I think this thing, like everything else, will die down eventually. And in three years, we're not even going to talk about it anymore. But as of right now, especially when it comes to development of your young kid in the media, yeah, uh, I do think it is relevant and unfortunate of a situation for I'm sure. I'm worried about Bedard's and I think this is unlikely to happen, but I do think it is a situation worth uh paying attention to if you are a, like high up in the Blackhawks team. Uh, I'm worried about Bedard just being overwhelmed emotionally, mentally, and surprisingly he hasn't been overwhelmed physically all that much, but like again, he's 18 years old. I I don't think that'll happen. This kid has been the, it, it's kind of like Zion Williamson in the NBA. Yeah. We were talking about Zion as the next LeBron when he was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, we were. We've been talking about Connor. Like you mentioned years ago, there's a kid named Connor Bedard. Yeah. Who can play freaking hockey. Right. This is like three years. So he's been dealing with this kind of pressure for a long time. Right. But and so I don't think. I don't think this. I, I think by this point, he's got enough people around him, people surrounding him. And again, it's obvious that his relationship with Corey Perry is not completely over, right? Um, so I think with all of that, I think he'll be okay mentally and emotionally. I'm just It'll be annoying and let's, hard, let's but he'll be just, okay. Let's theoretically say that the situation did happen. Okay. The rumor did happen. Corey Perry gets picked up by a division rival team. Corey Perry is going to do what Corey Perry does, which is get under the player's skin. If Corey Perry signs to the Nashville Predators, I will be a Vegas Knights fan until he is gone. Okay. 
I'll probably pick a different team. I might go. I'll probably go to Carolina. I'll probably go to Toronto. But uh, I will never be a fan of a team that has Corey Perry. My my point is is like it, by not saying anything as to what happened, I'm worried what's going to happen to Bedard on the ice. That's the whole. Why would anything happen on the ice? I'm not talking like he's going to get laid out and there's going to be a target oh, on oh, his oh, back. Oh, 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 like it affecting his game. I'm worried about it affecting his game, and I'm worried about it making it easier for his opponents to knock him off mentally. I I really feel like because like sorry to cut you off, but like like you said, he's had pressure on him his whole career. It's on a different scale now. Thomas, I've cut you off like seven times this podcast alone. Don't apologize for cutting me off. Excuse me for having manners. What are those? I, yeah, I, it's hard to explain. <laughs> anyway, um, I just feel like at this point in, in the career of even like college athletes and semi-pro athletes like Bedard was, like, yeah. I, I feel like there is such an emphasis now Mm-hmm. Maybe 20 years ago, this would have been different. And I agree with you. It would have been uh, maybe potentially an issue. But I think now with the social media age, um, with how clickbaity everything is and has yeah. been for probably 10 years now, I really think these guys, these young guys are a lot better equipped to handle this kind of stuff now than they yeah. used to be. I just like... When I, again, this is all based off of a rumor, but I feel like whenever a rumor comes out this specific, and there's so then there's as much smoke as there is, it's concerning. Again, I don't know what happened. I don't think we're gonna find out what happened uh, unless Bedard retires and then is like, "Hey, this actually happened," and then we all make fun of him again. So I don't see that happening, but. Why are we make fun of? Why are we making? Why is anyone making fun of Bedard? Because a teammate potentially hooked up with his mom, and but, that's an easy button to push for a lot of people. Not, nah, using it as a button is not making fun of him. Uh, I mean, it's you. Like, what? Well, what do you define as making fun of someone? Making fun of someone is how you're fat, how you're ugly, whatever. Haha, <laughs> your mom got piped by a teammate of yours. Yeah, that's not making fun of someone. I mean, I think we're getting close. Yeah, getting close, maybe. Anyways, uh, moving on. Just like Corey Perry is to a different team. To a different mom. I mean, team. Uh, <laughs> uh, Florida had an interesting week of hockey. I'm okay. going to start with the... Uh, I told you one of the things. I'm going to save that one for last because the first, the other one is not very long. Uh, Florida thought that they won a, a sixth round shootout against the Maple Leafs. Like the teams went to the locker rooms, everything. And then Toronto called and it's like, Hey, uh, this is, this game's not over. So what happened was, is the player who scored a goal. For those who don't know, Toronto is like the oh, league's headquarters, yeah, like, like New York. That. If you hear, uh, New York's calling in, in, in the NFL, it's, right. it's Toronto, and hockey. Uh, it's yeah, not, so they can... Yeah, it's not the Maple Leafs are like, no, disallow yeah. that goal. We're going to keep going. In the last two minutes of a game, only the booth can review plays. It's right. this, the booth for the NHL is it's Toronto. Toronto. So yeah. if something happens on the ice, Toronto can call down and say, hey, this is not right. Yeah, good catch, uh, buddy. It's kind of rare, but it does happen. It and does. Obviously, it happens. Because the, like, the NHL wants to make sure they yeah. get games right. Uh, but what, see, real quick, the okay. thing that can happen in the NHL... Is if there's a roughing call, 
in the middle of a regular season game. Toronto can call down and say, yo, that wasn't roughing. Or they can say, yo, that was really bad. Eject them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the NFL doesn't have that. Yeah. And what the happens, NFL needs that for some of these horrific officiating calls that have been happening recently. Yeah. But that's a different conversation. The way it works is uh, in the headquarters, there's a screen dedicated to each current game. And there's a person or two assigned to each screen to I watch. Live there. Uh, doesn't that sound like heaven? Wouldn't a, like a room... Have you seen those uh, those screens that mm-hmm. are a bunch of small LED screens connected to each other to yeah. make a giant screen? Yeah. Could you imagine having a 32, one of those that you can make just a giant TV screen or 32 different hockey games? I feel like 32 different hockey games would give me a seizure. That's valid. You're, that's a lot of information for a brain to process. That's valid. But... Uh, you have people assigned to watching each game, and they have a phone that goes directly to the scorekeeper's box. So at any point, they can ring that phone and say, hey, there's something going on. We need to correct this. Or, hey, this puck actually went in. We need to correct this. Yeah. Uh, but they called, in a shootout, you are not allowed to double hit the, hit the puck. So you can't hit the puck, not get all of it, take another, and hit it again. Or if you hit the puck and it bounces, you re- it rebounds off the goalie toward your stick. You can't shoot. Plays it dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what happened. So they brought the players back out. Toronto scored on the ensuing round, winning the game. Why did that take? To- why did that take Toronto? I knew that. Do what? Why did that take Toronto to tell that? I knew that. Uh, because you know, it, I don't know. Probably because we have the advantage of seeing things from a higher angle than refs do. Yeah. And it's not like in the NFL where every game scoring point is reviewed. Because in hockey, it's pretty, you know, cut and dry for the most part. Uh, So they thought that it was cut and dry. It wasn't. But the game before that, the Panthers played the Ottawa Senators. And the Tuchuk family was in attendance because Matthew (laughs) Tuchuk plays for the Panthers. Brady Tuchuk plays for the Senators and captains the Senators. Uh, this game got spicy fast. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of jawing off between the Tuchuk brothers. But Which no, is awesome. But no really fisticuffs were thrown. And one thing we do know was that Matthew Tuchuk, who has a reputation as being a star headhunter, uh, told Brady, I'm going after Jacob Sanderson. Brady responded with, you do that, I'm taking Barkov, who is the Panthers' star yeah. player. Uh, let me break down some things that happened, Okay. <laughs> Uh, the first ejection of the game occurred in the second period following a retaliatory shot on Matthew DeChuck that was in response to some fists being thrown and goalies getting in players' faces. Uh, that was in response to Matthew DeChuck following through on his promise and fighting Jacob Sanderson. Start the third period. Brady and Matthew were screaming at each other on the bench about, I assume Matthew's fight with Sanderson, uh, <laughs> two minutes after Tuchuk fought Sanderson, Brady Tuchuk was on the ice, Matthew Tuchuk in the penalty box. Uh, Brady Tuchuk drives the play into Panthers goalie, Sergei Bobrovsky. And what erupted was a full scale line brawl. I love the idea of, <laughs> of a sibling rivalry. With fam- causing eleven ejections, uh, it was it was more than that. Oh, uh, there's the one in the second, and then all ten players on the ice, and then there were two more following. Oh my gosh, 
Grandma to Chuck was in attendance. <laughs> the camera made sure to zoom in on her a number of times during these uh, altercations. She was less than pleased. I mean, she's a hockey grandma. She knows yep. this kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But uh, that full-scale That's line brawl awesome, resulted in one of the most legendary calls from a ref yeah. in recent league history. Ten-minute game misconduct, every player on the ice. Did goalies get it, too? Yep. So that's even more. So that's like 15 ejections. Yep. And then two more players were ejected after that. Sam Bennett and another guy whose name is escaping me. Joseph Olivier, I believe. Matthew Joseph Olivier. Uh, Not the former Pred. He played for uh, the Penguins. Uh, Gotcha. He is most notable for getting knocked out clean on ice from someone. Uh, but yeah, that that game uh, got spicy. That's awesome. Yeah, that game got spicy real fast. That is fan freaking. Uh, the fast. second line brawl this week, because uh, the Canucks and the Sharks had some, I believe. But uh, speaking of the Sharks, they're pretty bad. Yes. Uh, I don't have the full list in front of me, but did you know that the Sharks have more regulation wins than four teams in the NHL? I did not. Uh, again, I don't have the full list, but there are two teams that jump off at that. Uh, and those teams are the Seattle Kraken Oof. and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. Yeah. Not, not a good look, considering we're talking about a team that's 6-17-2. Uh, so some of the, a, a couple of these contenders might actually be pretenders. We're going to have to wait more to see how the... the I'd say when did the they next win six month, games? Uh, like in the last two weeks. Uh, we're going to have to wait. The month of December they is very the crucial for hockey because that's when we're starting to really slide into who's going to be a buyer, who's going to be a seller. Some the ex- other teams are the Blackhawks and the Canadians. The Blackhawks and the Canadians. See, two of those make sense. Yeah. But uh, the reason why December is so important is because you have players who – are ironing out details with their contracts who's going to be a rental who's going to be locked up we're going to get a much clearer idea for the landscape of the league in december but uh last time we talked to you we talked about uh nikita zadorov demanding a trade publicly and how that was a bit taboo we listed off some places he could go now he was recently acquired by the flames from chicago for a third round pick the Flames ended up finding a partner in conference rival Vancouver Canucks. That was very bad English. Please forgive me. Uh, they traded Zadorov to the Canucks for a 26 third and a 24 fifth. So they get a little return on investment there, but yeah. uh, this is going to be far from the first. The it's ah, this is going to be far from the only trade that Calgary makes that is of this nature. Shipping off a player for draft picks. But this might spur on the trade market a little bit. Because once the first domino falls, teams start to panic a little bit. They yeah. want to make sure they go out and get their guy. Uh, Edmonton, as reported by Elliot Friedman, has been to Columbus to watch the Blue Jackets play multiple times. And the growing uh, suspicion is goalie. Uh, we know Jack Campbell cool. got sent down to the AHL because he had been so bad. Columbus has three goalies. It's highly unlikely they're going to keep all three of them. So Edmonton might be making some moves to figure out which goalie they're going to try and get. Okay, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Is Edmonton not notably trying to 
offloaded defenseman as well? Columbus. Columbus, that's what I meant. They are. That was the report that came out in the first week that we talked about very briefly because it was kind of weird. So then why are they going goalie instead of defenseman? I don't think they're just there for a goalie. Now, the growing, like, the gr- I don't want to say it's a rumor because it's more than a rumor, but it's not necessarily a fact yet. Uh, Edmonton has been in the goalie market since sending Jack Campbell down to the Myers. Sent Meyer? Not the Myers. The Miners. Since sending Jack Campbell down to the Miners and since making that coaching change. Uh, I don't think Edmonton is just there for a goalie. It would make sense for them to not be just there for a goal. They need defense. Yeah. Columbus, an early report out of Columbus was that they were looking to move a defenseman to make space for David Juracek, their second overall pick from a couple years ago. I think Adam Boquist is the guy. Edmonton could leave a trade with Columbus. Yeah. As a substantially better team. Absolutely. They could they if could they leave, play their cards right. They could leave a trade with Columbus with the train back on the rails. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. They trade, Columbus trades, Boquist, and whichever goalie mm-hmm. Edmonton wants for McDavid straight up. I think that's a great deal. <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I think you could get both these players pretty cheap. Yeah. Because it's a demand and surplus kind of thing. I think... Uh, Bo, I think Merzlikens, Elvis Merzlikens, is the odd goalie out. Uh, and I think Boquist is the odd defenseman out. I think had these players been uh, developed properly, both could have commanded a first-round pick in return. I don't think a first-round pick alone is going to be enough to get both of them, but I think it's really close. Yeah. Maybe like a first and a third or something? I'm thinking like a first and like a third-line player. So like when I like when I when that idea came to me, I was like, dang, they should have kept Kyler Yamamoto, who they let walk in free agency to join Seattle, because a first and Kyler would have been surely enough to address two areas of need. And I think that the idea isn't that they're gonna get Merzlikens as their clear cut one. I think the idea is that they're thinking Jack Campbell is gonna work best in a tandem. Yeah. A goalie tandem. So I think they're trying to find that other half to his coin. Uh, and I think Merzlikens could be that guy. I don't think either of them are. If you have Jack Campbell and Mer- Merzlikens, if you're expecting either one of them to be your go-to guy, that's just silly. So I think that's the move. I think that's the play. I hope it doesn't happen. Why? Because I would like Boquist on the Preds, but that's not to, that's not the point. Fair. Uh, yeah, so. And then lastly on the NHL front, the Tampa Bay Lightning, we talked about last week, how they set a record. Uh, eight goals on 14 shots, I believe. Yep. Right? Uh, well, following that game, they are 0-4. Yeah. They have been outscored 19-5. to Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there have been times where the team has wanted to pull Andre Vasilevsky to put in someone else, maybe as a... He's not ready. We rushed him back kind of thing. And Vasilevsky has been like, no, I am staying in and I'm going to continue to get scored on. He didn't say that last part. That's just what happened. But uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning might be in some serious trouble here. Yeah. And I I don't know what the fix is because they've got Nikita Kucherov playing career level hockey surrounded by an offense full of studs. Their defense is nothing to sneeze at. Hasn't been playing well this season, but it's it's a good defense with good players. So maybe for the first time in twelve years, we can say the problem in Tampa Bay is goalie. 
I don't think that. I think it might just be coaching. And what I mean by that is I think the system might have fallen flat. And it might they might need to form a different style of attack, a different identity. Yeah. Uh, and, like, we see that happen in hockey sometimes. And sometimes teams pull the trigger a little too soon. Sometimes they pull it a little too late. I think I don't think it's either right now. Uh, and I'm not saying that the they should make a coaching change in Tampa. I think you should let it ride out another month or so. Uh, because it could just be jitters from the roster being fully together for the first time this season. But it'll be interesting to see. Now, David. Yes. Uh, I think it's time that we talked about some college football. I agree. I agree. First of all, if you did not see, the top six has been released, obviously. Yeah. The four teams that are going to be in the playoff have been released. Number one is Michigan. I think that's pretty well deserved. I think pretty much everyone called that, uh, and that was pretty expected. Number two is Washington. Uh, Michigan being the Big Ten champs. Washington being the Pac-12 champs. Uh, also pretty expected. Uh, I think that's pretty, you know, everyone called that. And then four through or three through six – is where things get crazy. To the dismay of a lot of people, number three was not Florida State, but instead Texas. Yeah. And number four, also not Florida State, but instead Alabama, leaving Florida State at five and Georgia at six. Okay. Uh, That is how the committee chose. That's what happened. There are four different... Potential top fours that I would like to suggest okay, and tell you which one's the best. Uh, so the first one is the one that happened, yeah. right? Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. I think that one's fine. Are, are those, wait, is that the order or the matchups? What? Was that the or like was that one through four or was that Michigan? Yes, Washington, that was the order. That was the Texas, order. Texas, Alabama. The matchups are going to be Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas. Okay. Uh, but that was one through four. That's what actually happened. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I'm fine with it. Okay. Then there's what everyone wanted to happen. Okay. That's another iteration. That is, um. Michigan. Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Texas. Texas. Then there's what I think would have been better than what we currently have, which is Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I don't think Texas deserves a playoff spot. Um, I think you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. You, that is. Uh, And then there's what... Should have actually happened. The correct one. Okay. If you will. The correct top four. Uh, and that is Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Georgia. Okay. That's what should have happened. Let me tell you why what everyone wanted to happen is the arguably worst one of those four. Okay. Last season... The argument, the whole argument, right, is that you can't leave out an undefeated conference championship or conference champion, right? That's the argument. Mm -hmm. 
That was also the argument last year for TCU. It was. And just as a quick, if you would remind the people, what happened in the national championship last year? TCU got blown out. TCU lost by 58 points. Yep. 58 points. Yep. Because Uh, everyone and their mother, we even said it on the podcast, they did not deserve to be in the playoff. It is worth mentioning, though. That they were missing some key pieces on that team due to injury in the national championship. It's worth. It's just. I'm not saying that. That's, that's like why. saying it's worth mentioning that. Uh, Tom, like the Colts. Yeah, sure, they lost by 40 in the AFC Championship game, but but Tom Brady deflated the Bulls. That that's not the same at all. It's exactly the same. It's the same as saying the Patriots beat the Colts in the AFC Championship, but it's worth mentioning that Peyton Manning was out. There is not a single player. Missing from that Texas or TCU team that was on the level of Peyton Manning. David, so no. What I'm saying is so no. no, David. What I'm saying is there's a difference between saying deflated balls and players being out due to injury. But not because both teams have the same but advantage it's not the same to catch as Peyton. the ball. It's not the same as Peyton. What I'm I'm I was sticking to your analogy, David. They were not substantial players. Oh starters. And also it was Andrew Luck. Not Peyton Manning. My point is... So get your stuff right. Excuse, well, I'm trying to make this c- uh, comparable. We so saw, I'm sorry. Andrew Luck. We Happy. saw an undefeated conference champion get absolutely demolished by an obviously better Georgia team. Mm-hmm. TCU and the five and six teams, you could easily say, would have played substantially better against Georgia than TCU did. Okay. Now, obviously, that's only, oh, I think they would have. But given what we know about the teams that were 5-6 and six that year, it's pretty obvious. So, Florida State did not belong in this playoff. Yes, technically, they were a undefeated conference champion. But they play in far away the worst conference in the Power Five. They played nobody this year. Their strength of schedule wasn't even in the top 50. Oh, they scheduled two SEC teams and played them at home. I don't care. They played Florida and Florida. Yeah, yeah. I meant they played the SEC teams at home. They Uh, played in the Swamp in Florida and they played in the Bayou at LSU. I got you. Um, But LSU and Florida, not great teams this year. Okay. Pretty irrelevant. They had the 55th ranked schedule in all of college football. Mm-hmm. All four teams in the playoff had a much more difficult strength of schedule than that. Mm-hmm. Um, this team, missing their starting quarterback, notable. I don't think that's what should have kept them out. I think that's what is what kept them out. But I think what should have kept them out is the fact that that just because they didn't lose any games does not make them one of the four best teams in the country. And here's the here's also an important note. People have different opinions on who should be in the college football playoff. Yeah. Some people say it's the four most deserving teams. Some people say it's the four best teams in the country. I am of the opinion that if it were the four most deserving teams, Florida State absolutely should have been in there. Okay. I don't think... That's what the college football playoff should be. If you're only going to have a four-team playoff in college football, in my opinion, since it's only four teams, 
it should be the most or the best four teams. Now, when we go to 12 teams, that's different. Because you can add in a quote-unquote most deserving team in that 10-11-12 spot and give them a give them the old college try, give them a chance. Because if there's a 60-point blowout in the first round, no one's really going to care right. all that much. So yeah, they deserve to fight for the national championship. Sure, throw them in there and let them get slaughtered in the first or second round. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But when it comes to your national championship being the biggest snooze fest and the most boring sporting event that's happened... In a very long time. Yeah. That's when I don't think it should be most deserving. Okay. And so, in my opinion, when you look at the four best teams in college football, Florida State is not one of those four best. Here's my standpoint on most deserving versus best. I don't think it is most deserving. I think life would be a lot easier if it was most deserving because you can measure that a lot easier than you can measure the best. I agree. Because the best is inherently a subjective conversation. I agree. Especially when you, like, have any of these four teams played each other in the regular season at all in the last five years? I don't know that answer off the top of my head. But Oh, in the last five years? Probably, but I don't know. But outside of Alabama and Texas. Outside of Alabama and Texas this year. Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably, but I don't know. I'm not confident, though. The thing is, like, so that it's it's a subjective at best argument, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the most deserving would be easier, but I I think we're trying, I think we're hoping for an ideal world where the most deserving are also the best, and that's just not the case. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, that's my opinion. Now, have I said what I think it should be yet? I don't think so. I think I did, but just in case I didn't. I think the four best teams in the country right now mm-hmm. are Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and Georgia. Okay. 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 I disagree. Yeah. Uh, I know you would. I don't think Georgia belongs in this playoff. Georgia, this is the exact same argument I had. Or it's similar. Not the exact same. Similar. People okay. are... That I had when I said Doug Peterson should have won Coach of the Year. Yeah. People are forgetting the last two seasons. No, no, no. Georgia was fantastic the last two seasons. When it comes to... And I hate that they're really not... Really, the last three seasons. Because all season, this season, too. Hold on. But really when it fast. comes to Doug Peterson and the, the Coach of the Year, this was a back-to-back first overall pick team. Yeah. Not traded into, deserved. Mm-hmm. They won the fewest games in the league back-to-back years. Yeah. Doug Peterson made them a division champion and a playoff team that went to the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's how Brian Dayball won that award, I will never understand. Right? It is the same with Georgia. This is a team that had won 29 straight games. In Kirby Smart's tenure at Georgia, he has lost exactly three total games, all three of which in against the best program college football has ever seen in the Nick Saban land led. Alabama roll tide or uh, crimson tide 29 straight back-to-back national championships. Yeah. They lost one game in an absolute nail biter in the championship. And you're telling me they're not one of the four best teams in the country. Here's my thing. Okay. Do I hate that Georgia is not going to be able to defend their title for a third season? Or have the ability to defend their title, I do, and I was a big thing. I was a big 
proponent of a couple hours ago of this is why you should have expanded the playoffs years ago. How could you have not seen this situation coming? Yeah. I feel like anybody could have seen this situation coming. And then I remembered something. And I'm going to say this. You're going to ramp up, but I want you to just hold on. Before you get, before you get into it really okay. quickly, let me just make one more point. Okay. Last season, I made the argument that uh, Alabama, with two losses, should be in over TCU. Okay. After we were done, mm-hmm. after the game happened... I said, now are you telling me Alabama would not have played better against Georgia than that TCU game? That would not have been a substantially better game. And you said yes. And the argument I made for Alabama is that their two losses were legitimately one-play things. If one ball bounced in a different direction, Mm -hmm. Alabama is 13-0, Alabama's in the playoff. It is the exact same thing with Georgia. Okay. In that conference championship game, if mm-hmm. one ball bounces differently, they are SEC champions. They should be in the playoff. Okay. Here's my response. Uh, and then I'm going to get into my statement. I said it last year and I was right. Yeah, so Dave. tell me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working on that. Okay. Um, George, is Alabama better suited to play against Georgia? Yes. Because I think that SEC teams are better suited to play against SEC teams. That doesn't mean that they're inherently better. Just because, just because Georgia, and I'm just I'm using schools as an example here. I'm not saying Alabama last year was worse than TCU. What I'm saying is just because if TCU and Alabama both play Georgia and Alabama plays Georgia a little closer, that doesn't inherently mean that they're better than TCU. You can draw that conclusion, but it's not a definitive. It could just be a better matchup. We've seen that happen all the time. Fast teams usually blow out slow teams. It's more of a matchup thing than a skill thing because they can't cover their players. But Georgia is in the SEC. Correct. Best conference in college football. That was going to be my second question. The SEC, perceived best conference in college football. Not perceived, factual. I'm just using these words... For the argument's sake. Okay. They are perceived to be the best conference in college football. Okay. That is correct? Yes. Why? Is it because a lot of the teams have a lot better better records than other conferences do? No. Why? It's because they've been dominant over the national championship for 50 years. They have. They have. But I'd say that's more Alabama-centric than... It's not. Alabama's I mean, won Georgia's, a lot. Georgia's won a lot. LSU won a lot. Georgia's won like three. Uh, LSU's won like two. Florida went, won a lot. Like they won like Thomas. I think the national championship has been around longer than the playoff. No, I said for the last fifty years. Oh, I'm not. I'm talking last twenty, thirty years. That's my even the last twenty, thirty years. But my LSU's won them. It's uh, Florida's won them. Right. Tennessee won in the last thirty years. Okay. Okay. Uh, But Georgia, Alabama. I I got you. You can name. I got you. So many SEC schools that have won the national championship in the last thirty years. Yes. Before the playoff. You got into the national championship by having basically one of the best two records in in national in college football, basically, uh, if you were a Power Five school, right? Okay. My and I, I, this is a limited research. So there's going to have to be more. I've only looked at two, three seasons. I talked about it last year. How the SEC gets to play an extra non-conference opponent compared to every other school. Every other conference, if you will. Uh, And last year, you were like, that's an irrelevant point. It is. 
uh, here's here's my here's where I think it becomes relevant. This year, uh, the SEC played fifty-two non-conference games in total, okay. so non-SEC opponents. Yeah. Only fifteen of those matchups were against other Power Five conferences. Okay. To me, just from that stat, that screams all these in, all these records are inflated. And you can say every, every team, team can, plays against non-power five there. teams. I'm getting there. You can say that every team plays against non-conference opponents, and they do. And a lot of teams throw a cupcake onto their schedule at the beginning of the season to kind of get things in motion. However, each team plays an extra power five opponent just inherently a year than any SEC school. But let's look at those 15 power five matchups, right? Because that's this is this is the meat of where we are like. Yeah, the SEC is definitively better than these other Power 5 schools because they beat them more, right? That's that's our benchmark for measuring conferences is interconference matchups, inter-Power 5 matchups. Uh, would you would you take a stab what the record is in those 15 games against not so Big 10, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12 teams? What are you talking about right now? I'm talking about the SEC. I'm very confused. I'm talking the SEC against Power Five opponents. Yes, in 15 games. Yes. Okay. This season, can okay. you guess what it is? No. Is seven and eight. They are seven and eight against okay. Power Five opponents. Okay. Uh, eight of those matches were won by more than one score. Six being won by the non-SEC side. Two being won by the SEC side. Okay. What I what I'm getting at here is I don't think the SEC is as good as we've inflated them to be. And after looking at Georgia's their schedule this year, I really don't think they belonged in the playoff. They had a stronger schedule than Florida State? I mean, sure. But they played UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and Georgia Tech. Those were their non-conference opponents. Let's look at their big wins okay, against ranked on. opponents. Just really quickly, okay. let me respond. Um, you said that they played, not, they played more non-conference opponents, whatever. Yeah. Right? Um, that's because when other teams play in their own conference, it's not as big and meaningful as it is in the SEC because the SEC is a better conference. That is a, that is an inferment you can make. Also too. Okay. The SEC is down this year. I think that's been widely known. Yeah. So you pulling the record from this year saying, Oh, the SEC is not as good as we we well, inflate said, them to be. They're I not said, as good this year. I said this was limited research. They're not as good this year. I said I said this was limited research. They're still the best conference. More's got to be football. done, and don't worry, more will be done. They're still if the I'm, best college or I'm, conference in football, but they are down this year as opposed to other years. Right, right. Sure. But we're, we're what I'm 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 building toward a bigger picture here. I promise you. Just hang with me for a moment. I'll get there. Uh, we. Indices and rankings are usually built a lot of how many ranked opponents did you beat? You did that again. That I, I heard it. Rankings. I heard it. <laughs> uh, but beating ranked opponents is relevant in the grand scheme of the final ranking, if you will, when it comes to who's in, who's out, right? Okay. We hear a lot of people scream SEC bias, SEC bias, SEC bias. Okay. I think there is an SEC bias, but I don't think it's in the manner that a lot of people might think. And what I mean by that is, and this is where, I, let me restart that sentence. This is where I think the SEC bias really is. 
is in these ranked wins because Georgia won against three ranked opponents this year. In a row. In a row. Missouri, who was ranked ninth. Uh, Ole Miss, who was ranked 11th. And UT, who was ranked 25th. Uh, Missouri and Ole Miss never should have been ranked that high. All right. If we go look at Missouri's schedule to that point, which was uh, week, the November 4th week, they had played South Dakota State, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State, which they did win by three and is relevant, Memphis, Vanderbilt, a weak LSU team, a weak Kentucky team, and a weak South Carolina team. And they were ranked ninth. Call me crazy, but with that schedule, if you're ranked ninth following that, you should be blowing the doors off of folks. They have four ranked ones this year. Who was the fourth? Uh, you're looking at where they're ranked right now, not where they were ranked when they played them. Are you sure? Yes, because Tennessee is was ranked 18th when Georgia played them. Uh, is, wait, Missouri is finished ranked ninth? Mizzou is ranked 12th when they played them. Ole Miss was ranked 9th. And then Kentucky was ranked 20th when Georgia beat them by 36. Kentucky uh, was ranked 20th? 38, yeah. And they beat that, them by 38. That alone is evidence of the SEC, that SEC bias that I was talking about. Kentucky should have never even been ranked. Is it? Yeah. At one point, Kentucky had like the third best offense in college football. Okay, and they I'm pretty sure they finished with a losing record. And not just like a slight losing record. I'm pretty sure it was a decided losing record. It might have been 500, but like the point of the matter is Kentucky is that, finished at seven and five, which, quoting you from our conversation fair. earlier, is a quality win. I on think your it is. Schedule. I think it is, but I think that schedule is the, that record is inflated. And against, at the time, they were five and one. Right, but I think that record is inflated against teams like Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. So if you ask me, that team is not seven and five. They're they also four beat, and five. They also beat Vanderbilt, which SEC is team. Vanderbilt hasn't been relevant. In SEC tw- team. They yeah okay. And they beat Florida. Okay. Ranked at the time, which they shouldn't have been. That's where I'm talking about with the. I'm talking about also SEC. beat South Carolina, and they beat the fifth or the tenth ranked Louisville team. I'm talking about SEC teams are giving rankings that they don't deserve. Because they're in the SEC, which is the perceived strongest conference. I'm using perceived strictly for discussion purposes to not throw my opinion in, in there. Because I'm, I'm trying to be as non-opinionated on this as I can. And that makes those wins look better than they actually are. It also chaps my rear that Alabama and Georgia have only played eight times in the regular season in 30 years. Whereas every They're in different divisions of the conference. Yeah, but every other conference's heavyweights play each other almost every year. So I'm just saying I think that's relevant and I think things should change. And I think that's like You know what I, I think, think is relevant? What? This is for for all of our fans out there, uh, this is a noted pit fan. I am a plays pit in fan. the worst power five conference in college football. Okay. So Pitt I just has, think that's relevant. I just sure. think that's relevant. It's a guy of a fan of a team in the ACC. Uh, so okay, I'm a, I, yeah, I root for a team in the ACC when, and I really don't care as much as I should about college football because it's an SEC F fest. Like because the SEC has dominated the national championship you, for like fifty years. 
And I'm saying it's easy to maintain a top spot when you're beating teams that are... Oh, let me finish. When you're beating teams who are consistently giving better ranks than they should be given just because they play in the SEC. Okay, okay. All right. Who do they play in the national championship? Who? Other teams from other Power 5 conferences. I would be... The, the SEC has beaten teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, Oregon. The list goes on and on. So it doesn't matter how good your record is. If you get to the final game and you're not as good as they say, you're going to lose. We saw that I'm... with TCU last year. So the fact that these teams are consistently winning the national championship tells you that you're wrong. I'm just trying to point out right now where that SEC bias actually is. I'm not trying to just scream, oh, it's SEC bias. I'm trying to point to you and show you here is where the SEC bias is. I will. Here is where these SEC teams get an advantage when it comes to ranking teams because they have more ranked wins against perceived tougher teams. I will agree with you that I do think in the rankings there is SEC bias. Right now, uh, LSU with four losses or three losses on the year is ranked like 12. Yeah, and that's Which ridiculous. Is, I agree. I do think in the rankings there is SEC bias. I will agree with you. But I also think playing a Vanderbilt or a South Carolina, the worst teams in the SEC, is more important and a better, more, a higher quality win than Texas beating a team like Texas Tech. And I would disagree the, with you. Why? Because just the because bottom of the SEC is better than the bottom of the Big 12 or the Big I think, uh, yeah, the Big 12. I think if you cookie cutter remove and I'm not just saying I like I'm going to use Vanderbilt for this example, but I think it applies across the board in Power 5 conferences. I think if you remove the worst or two worst teams from Conference A and put them in the conf Conference B, nothing changes. I think they're still at the bottom of the barrel. I'm sorry, repeat that. I'm sorry. I think I, I I'm saying this, this is a blanket statement, so I'm not just necessarily referring to Vanderbilt or other. I think if you take the bottom one or bottom two teams from Conference A and plug them into Conference B, C, or D, or E, I don't think anything changes. I think they're still bottom of the barrel. Vanderbilt, I mean, I disagree. Vanderbilt is an SEC team, and they're a very studious school. That's all they got going for them. Again, I disagree. I think if you remove Vanderbilt from the SEC, their recruiting takes a huge hit. I think that's the only reason that they're in the discussion. And that's your opinion, just like that what I just said is my opinion. I don't I don't view Vanderbilt as a team worth being proud of getting a victory over, you know? I view them in the same sense that I view Hawaii or Tulane, not Tulane. Tulane's weird. Uh, <laughs> Wake Forest. I would just like to say. Yeah. I understand your argument. I understand what you're saying. Right? Since 2014, or uh, since 2000, your argument is that the rankings are unfair towards the SEC. So a 13-win SEC team 
isn't as impressive as a 13-win other conference team. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, like, that's close to what I'm saying. That's very close to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that I'm not looking at a 13. I'm not looking at end of season like this is their record compared to. I'm not looking at two 13-win team, two 13 and 0 teams. I sure, or, you know, we can use two 13 and 0 win teams. I'm saying that the SEC team is going to look automatically better because if you look at their schedule, you're going to see a lot of ranked SEC opponents who either shouldn't be ranked as high as they were or shouldn't have been ranked, period. Okay. But you you quantify how we judge the Power 5 conferences. You think the reason the SEC is more on top is because they have more ranked wins. I don't think that's necessarily the reason. But I think it's easier to get invited to the big dance when you have more perceived impressive wins over ranked opponents on your schedule that season. Can I tell you why I think the SEC is the best conference in football? Sure. Since the year 2000, the SEC has won 14 national championships. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. Let me ask you this. And this is a very... This is not a question that has a definitive answer. This is a thought-provoking question. Not, and it's not really that deep level of thinking. How many times is it possible that an SEC team made it to the national championship as the two seed over another team because of those wins against ranked opponents who should not have been ranked as highly or if at all? I have no idea. I would have to go but, and look at right. That. Like that's a that's a that's but, a question that's more open ended. But, but like my, what you're implying, what you are implying, if you're not going to say it in black and white, this is how it sounds okay. to an ear: is that the SEC does not deserve to be to be given the opportunities they have in the over the last we'll say okay. just since 2000 over the last 23 seasons. What it sounds like you're saying is they have been given more opportunities that were better deserved by other people. I can see. Okay. So like, that's not the statement what that I was trying to get at. So if I you think that is a, I think that is something you can draw based on how I worded. Things. So then let me ask if you don't think it's that, if you don't think they didn't deserve to be there, what is the point? I think what is the point of your whole argument? My point is that we shush away other conferences because of how perceivedly strong the SEC is based on that SEC bias in the rankings. That's okay. what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Is I think the other conferences are stronger than we give them credit for. So let me ask you this. Okay. What are do you believe? Not based on ranking. Not based on schedule. What are? Or I mean, I. I'm assuming you're going to take all of that into account. But right. I'm saying not based on one individual thing. Because okay. if you want to talk about the best teams in college football just based on record, sure, Florida State's in there. But with everything considered, not just one thing, mm-hmm. everything considered, who do you think are the four best teams in college football? The four best teams in college football. Washington, Michigan, Alabama. This is where it gets tricky. Because based on the last three years, you want to say Georgia. However, I look at and, – and let me get there. You want to say Georgia, but I look at their schedule this season, and I see a team that, to me, was untested. 
I see a team that should have played a better opponent here and there, so I could have gotten a better viewpoint. Then I look at a team like Texas, who beat Alabama, albeit a quote-unquote still figuring it out Alabama. They still beat Alabama, and they have the same record. To me, Texas got wins over less or more... I, I think Texas's big wins against major opponents were more impressive than Georgia's. Let's talk about a team that didn't deserve to be ranked number three, Alabama. Uh, but I also don't think we knew that at I, the time. Yeah. All we knew was it's Alabama. They Which just is beat why, the breaks off of MTSU. Right. We didn't know that the team wasn't as good because we didn't have the eye test. We didn't have anything like that. Right. Um, but they definitely didn't deserve to be number three. And I really am about tired of the argument, we're at an hour and ten minutes. That's almost. okay. I'm really about tired of the argument that Texas beat Alabama. Texas they beat did. Alabama. Texas beat Alabama. But they did. Congratulations, you can read a schedule. Obviously, they beat Alabama. Okay, someone's feeling spicy. Everybody. There is not a single human being on the planet who knows anything about football who doesn't know for a fact that Alabama in week two and Alabama in championship weekend is not the same Alabama football team. Okay. Yeah. Well, they there's beat, no team that's the same in week two that they are in week 13. They beat a lesser Alabama offense, a lesser Alabama defense, an Alabama team that was markedly different than it is now. Just so we're clear. A lesser Alabama team that has the number one linebacker in the country, the number one cornerback in the country, the number one offensive line in the country, and the number one tight end in the country. They do not have the number one offensive line in the country. They don't? Uh, they do not have the number one tight end in the country. Oh, no, that's Georgia. That belongs to Georgia. Yeah. But who has the uh, best O-line? It's not Alabama. I don't know. Alabama's like three. But the point is, is like, I feel like Alabama is one of those teams that they're always elite because they're so deep. Okay. So... Even though quarterback A might not be the right choice, he's still probably better than the starting quarterbacks on a number of teams. Okay. On January 1st of 2019, okay. the St. Louis Blues were the worst, worst the team first. in yeah. hockey. Yeah, they went worse the first. So if I, okay, as a Preds fan, okay. came to you on January 2nd, Mm-hmm. And said, Thomas, guess what? We just beat the St. Louis Blues. Okay. You would have said, who gives a rat's behind? I would have. However, let's say the uh, National Predators make it to the playoffs. We okay. go to the Western Conference Finals where we play the St. Louis Blues. Okay. And we lose. Okay. You would say, you know what? We played well. We lost against the hottest team in freaking hockey right now. Okay. So that's fine. We lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Right. Because winning against St. Louis Mm -hmm. on January 2nd of 2019 was not the same as beating St. Louis in May of 2019. Right. It is the exact same situation. It is not. It is not the exact same let me, situation. And let me let me obviously let me clarify but, to me. Let me clarify from my standpoint why that's not a comparable. We're comparing a juggernaut who has been a juggernaut for 20 years to a Cinderella story that happened to work out. 
This is probably the only Cinderella story that has worked out in the last 20-something years besides Leicester City. So you can use the... Uh... You can use the past of a team to talk about their dominance in this case, but not in the case of Georgia deserving to be in the playoffs. I think it's different because the way the rosters are formulated and how long the roster pieces remain are very different. In hockey, if you get a if you get a strong piece, he can be a part of your team for 15 years. And in college football, the max you're getting is five. I think it's different, and I think. In hockey, you have these things like salary caps that keep a team from stockpiling players, where in college football, if you can sign five five-star quarterbacks, no one's stopping you. Okay, but again, you didn't address what I just said. You can use, how can you use Alabama's previous dominance in the win against, or the win, or the loss against Texas, but not, but you say, oh, it doesn't matter when we're talking about Georgia being in the playoff this year. I, I, no, no, no. Okay, okay. I see, I see, I see. Let me let me explain. I think that I think the big reason that for me Georgia is not in the playoffs this year is strictly their schedule, because there were no impressive wins to cushion the loss to Alabama. Whereas Alabama, an impressive loss to Alabama, by the way. It, yeah, 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 yeah. But what I'm saying is like, there's a loss. You you look for something in the schedule to balance that out with. There wasn't anything there. For Alabama, even though they hadn't had their quarterback situation figured out, that roster has been so loaded. At any point, you go back the last 15 years, there's been 30 NFLers on that team any given year. That's my point, is that the team that Alabama puts forth is so deep because they have such a long run of success that they're able to recruit easier, which is the natural cause and effect of this sort of thing makes that history that that part more relevant because Texas beat a deeper team had they figured it all out yet no but okay. they still beat Alabama it's the same sense <clears throat> of like if you beat Alabama Georgia or Michigan that's worth its weight in gold okay so let's let's just did that make any sense yes okay let's just let's just gather around the campfire real quick okay. when i asked you who the four best teams in college football are. Mm -hmm. You said definitively Washington, Michigan, and Alabama. And then I said it gets a little hazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think Alabama is definitively one of the four best. Mm -hmm. And you think Texas is wishy-washy. So. No, no, no. I think the decision between Texas and Georgia is wishy-washy. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I'm not saying, I didn't mean the team. I meant their placement. I got you. But, so you, so let me ask you this then. Right now, neutral site. Mm-hmm. Not even neutral site. In Texas. Mm-hmm. Alabama and Texas play. Who's winning that game? I have no idea. Who do you think would win that game? I, I Again, I have no semblance of an idea. Yes, you do. I don't. You do? You just don't want to answer no, because me because you know it's further thing. my Here's point. Here's the thing. Here's Alabama will win that game. No, 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 Why? Hold because on, Alabama on, now hold on, hold on, is a significantly better team than they so were is Texas. in week two. No, they're not. Yes, every team no, is better not. now than they were in week two. No, they're Alabama not. Alabama is not the only team ironing out kinks all season. Every team is ironing out the kinks all season. That's what happens. Texas has lost since week two, okay. Alabama has not. Okay. Texas has barely beaten lesser teams. Okay. Alabama also has. But that's irrelevant. Okay. 
My point is, since week two, Alabama has played South Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, and then UT Chat, Auburn, and Georgia. You just named a lot of really good games. Or really good wins. Okay, well, what constitutes a really good win? That's a valid question. Is it is it a team? What like is it the record? Is it the team? Like in my opinion, okay. <clears throat> in your opinion, in my opinion, if a team has a legitimate shot, okay, talent wise, okay, to beat a top fifteen team, okay, then that's a good win. Okay, but what about teams like Ole Miss who are ranked top fifteen when they shouldn't be? Why shouldn't Ole Miss be ranked top ten? Why should they be ranked top ten? Because they've had one of the best offenses in college football, and Lane Kiffin's been doing the dang thing. Yeah, but I would reckon that it's easy to look like you have a high-scoring offense against teams like Mercer, Tulane, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, Thomas, Vanderbilt. there is not a single college. There is not UL a single Monroe. college football team. Not a single college football team yeah. that does not have 10 of those games on their schedule every single season. They're actually let me go, there's let no me go, college football team that has ten of those games. Let me go six. There's no college. Oh, oh uh, there is there. not a single college football team that doesn't have at least six of those teams, or not those specific teams, but those kind of teams on their schedule every single but, year. But it goes back to that extra extra non conference game, and it would be it'd be irrelevant if they played middle of the road average teams, but they don't. They play division two teams. And they put up monster numbers because any Power 5 school that plays a D2 team is going to put up monster numbers. That's just the nature of the beast. So yes, Ole Miss statistically has a good offense, but their schedule should reflect that of a good offense because of who they play opponent-wise. It's a circular discussion that we're having, and it's okay because I'm fired up about it. But (laughs) my point is, getting back to... Texas, Alabama. The only frame of reference we have, and you can argue that it's not fair, and I would agree with you that it's not fair to try and make a prediction about what's going to happen based on what happened in week two. What I can tell you I hope happens is that Alabama and Texas play in the national championship, and we get a definitive answer to this question of how relevant was that win? That is also what I hope happens. That is that I think that is the that is the best case scenario, and I think there's actually a decent chance of that happening. That's not true. What I really hope happens, like in my heart of hearts, is that Jim Harbaugh takes home a national championship. Yeah, um, and I think Washington has just played their absolute behinds off this year. Michael Penix. I don't understand how he's not the Heisman favorite. He's played so good. So I would love to see a Michigan-Washington final. But my stubbornness and my desire to always be right all the time yeah. wants Alabama and Texas. And I hope Alabama wins by 25. But I'll tell you this. I think that is a – I don't know about likely, but I think that is a – I think that's a realistic I think scenario. there's a chance. It might not be the most likely, but I would be shocked if it's not the second or third most likely. I think Alabama has a better shot at beating Michigan than Texas does at beating Washington. I think both. I think all the games are going to be good. That's think, one of the things I like about this year is all four of these teams, I think, are four of the best five or six right. teams in the country. I think it's going to be a legitimate playoff. Like, yeah, it's going to be good. I think the first round and then the championship are going to be good games i this is probably gonna throw just a little gas on the fire 
I think it's good for Texas that Alabama got Michigan. I agree. Because like I'm getting back to that matchup kind of based. I think Washington could beat Michigan. I think Michigan would beat Texas. I think Alabama would beat Michigan. So and I and I'm very curious to see what happens Texas versus Washington. Fair, fair. Because that matchup is ultimately going to be determined Washington's offense versus Texas's defense. The the biggest thing to me in this whole playoff thing is all the people who are I heard uh I heard um Paul Feinbaum call it fake outrage. Yeah. Over Florida State. Uh, yeah, like I'm a we, big believer of an undefeated chomp comp not chomp of undefeated conference championship making the playoff especially from a power five school like ucf was more for chaos yeah you know that's that's entirely what that was for that was for chaos and chaos alone that being said and this is a lot of people have said this is unfair but this is just what it is because travis hunter got hurt you can't put Florida State in there. Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis. Sorry. Travis Hunter is the... Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Because Jordan Travis got hurt, you can't throw him in there. You're throwing them to be slaughtered. Again, It'd be I don't different. think it's that. I don't think it's it would that. Be... I think it's because they play in the ACC and they had a horrible schedule this year. But I'm... I'm that's more of a discussion-based argument. Also, eye test. Look at some of the close games they played. Right, against... right. But again, like what I'm getting at is it would be irresponsible to throw... Florida State in the playoff when it when the discussion is this close without their starting quarterback. Well, my my big thing is there is a precedent. We just watched it last season. That that's not that wasn't the precedent. Maybe, maybe was, precedent was wasn't the right like, word. Was precedent like, wasn't the right word. We just, well, I mean, when I say precedent, I, precedent was not the right word. What I'm saying is. Mm-hmm. We watched a team that everyone knew was not one of the four best in the country. But they made it past the first round. Get absolutely slaughtered. They did. That Georgia team was a lot in better the final. last year. Because for one reason and one reason only. And that one reason was they were a undefeated Power 5 yeah. conference champion. Yeah. That is the only reason. I think... And so we cannot use that as the only reason to put in a team that is clearly not one of the four best in the country to get another horrible spectacle on television. I mean, the spectacle is whatever. Because, like, regardless of if, it, if it's a That's, good game or a bad game, they're making the same amount of money. No, they're not. People are still watching the game. The last national championship had, like, a bunch of viewers at the beginning, and then... Yeah. Everybody left. But the that second half was not that doesn't impact, basically at all. That doesn't impact their revenue, though. I think it does. I think continuous well, streaming. I, I mean, sure, they get more. That was that was a wrong sentence on my part. That's not what makes up the majority of their revenue. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, like, those ad placements have already been bought and paid for. Their yeah. seats have already been bought yeah. and played. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. That's So, it doesn't matter to the NCAA if it's a good game because they're still say, getting that check. I will say this. I do think... It would have been significantly less than yeah. if Florida State somehow made it to the national championship this year. I think Florida State. Although they might have filled them seats. I feel like this convert. I mean, Florida State has a lot, has a big fan base. Yeah. They're a historically relevant football school, yeah. but that's not the point. I think the discussion of, oh, you should throw Florida State in there anyways, had more validity last year or the year before. 
this is probably the closest college football playoff race we've seen since the start of the playoff. Yeah. So uh, is there like 2014 was the yeah. last time we really had to argue, argue about exactly. It. So like, is there a place in a discussion for Florida state? Sure. Just not this year's discussion. I, I just really hope because, because we said it last year, I said, yeah, Alabama deserved to be in. I understand why they couldn't be with two losses, but I think they deserved it. So I hope when we go to 12 teams... This, this is going to fix itself. I And I really hope it does. It will. I really hope it does. Because I just think there are so many teams... I don't know. I Record is not everything. It isn't. And so Florida State fans and people who aren't Florida State fans... Really, the only people that... Because no one's arguing Texas over Alabama. Right. Or uh, not over uh, Alabama. No one's arguing Texas be replaced by Florida State. Right. Everyone's arguing Alabama. And and that's silly. 50% of those people are Florida State fans. Yeah. The other 50% just hate Alabama. I think... It's absolutely ridiculous. That's I, the biggest issue I have with all this. To me, with the way the season has gone, this is... I, I'm, I'm happy with the playoff. This, I am this too. Playoff. I am too. Again, I, I really think Georgia is one of the four best teams. So I would bump Texas and put Georgia. But what, what should have happened? With it. I understand why Texas is in, and I'm fine with it. You know what? I just realized that I don't. I don't think I've heard of anyone talking about that fourth shot. That that's that fourth spot when they created it. It should have been a playoff to get like the last in. Like that fourth spot. That fourth spot should have been Texas, Georgia, or Alabama, Georgia, or whoever was four and yeah. five. Those two teams should have played to get in. I've seen uh, a really interesting, like, idea of an emergency sixteen playoff. So Texas plays Georgia, Alabama <laughs> plays Florida State, and the winners of those two games are three and four, and then boom, we listen, have. I'm here for that. Listen, me too. I'm They're not going to do it. They're not obviously, no, no. but I would also be but, here for it. Like, there, this situation. Was completely avoidable, uh, and I'm I'm gonna just say make sure I get a couple of my blanket statements out there before I make sure I get you to say something on air that you said off air because I want people to murder you for it. Top fifteen teams are the only relevant teams in college football. So just don't just to clarify that if you are ranked sixteenth to twenty fifth, you're irrelevant. You don't matter. I'll say it again. I'll say it loud for the people in the back. Please do. Let me just. Clarify that's that statement itself sounds ridiculous. It Let me clarify what I'm statement. saying. Every single sport mm-hmm. on every single planet, yep. there is one circular goal. Yep. And it is win. to win championships. Yep. Well, and so you... what I mean by that okay. is only the top 15 teams mm-hmm. have a legitimate shot and talent to win a national championship. I would argue in college. That the goal is to win a championship or a bowl. Disagree. I think back when the BCS was a thing and it was only the top two teams and whatever, that was more of an argument. Why is that more of an argument? Because now there's now with the playoff, you have an actual chance. There were teams like there were teams that were nine and one in week ten mm-hmm. that knew they had no shot at making the national championship in 2003. Right. Right? So right. now, with what we have now, and eventually will be a 12-team playoff, mm-hmm. it's different. And I will say, when we expand to 12 teams, I think you go up to the top 25. 
and you're the relevant teams. But right now with a four-team playoff, there is not a single team, 16 to 25, that has a chance of making the national championship. And I don't mean just because it's already been picked or whatever. I mean, Tennessee this year never had a chance. Yeah. Liberty this year never had a chance. Okay. All these teams, 16 to 25, never had a legitimate shot at a national championship. Right. That's what I mean when I say that. So, Oklahoma. Certainly not. They haven't had a legitimate shot since Lincoln Riley left. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, listen. That's... <laughs> and then you, you quickly looked through 16 through 25, didn't you? I mean, that's I'll, my point. You can be ranked, you can be ranked twenty-one, yeah. and everyone and their mother knows your program hasn't won in twenty years and won't win in twenty years. Stop making your argument sound rational. You said an eight-win season wasn't a good season. You it's also not. Said, you also it said is not in the grand scheme of the also, national championship, which is what every Power Five school is trying to get to. You basically said you have to have double-digit wins, or you had a bad season. I didn't say that. You said it wasn't a good season. Uh, Yes. If it's not good, what is it? Okay. Oh, it's a nine-win season is an okay season. That's it. In the realm of college football, Power 5 championships, national championships, mm-hmm. yes. And I would say that that is a subjective opinion. It absolutely is. It is. Everything it's, we've said today is subjective opinion. I mean, not necessarily. There's been some factual statements thrown in there from time but to time. But you get what I'm saying. But my point is, is... I think, and I said this earlier, I think that that has been ingrained in you from watching SEC teams play who traditionally have better records in part because of the record, the people they play against that aren't SEC, but also... But I already went through with you all of the we SEC teams that didn't have good seasons. Yeah, no, no, you did. You did. But I'm saying is like... Also, I'm a Tennessee fan! Yeah, and you're addicted to pain and misery for some reason by being that. And I don't understand why it is. Maybe that's maybe that's part of your sick, twisted sense of what's a good football team. It has nothing to do. It has strict. The only thing it has to do with is my intense loyalty for Peyton Manning. No, for the team that I'm a favorite. I picked my favorite sports teams when I was a young child. Yeah, as do most sports. And so. If I never, if the Colts never win another game, I will forever be an Indianapolis Colts fan. Yeah. That's just the, that's just what I, I have loyalty to my favorite teams, Ugh. period, end of story. What, well, how much time's on the clock? <laughs> Hour 30. Hour 30? I hope, I, you know, I hope our fans who have been clamoring for this are happy. It's a good thing we did, uh, College football last. Yeah, hockey. I, dude, first, I thought about, we wouldn't have got to hockey. I thought about it and I was like, <laughs> I was like, if we do college football, this is gonna get a little spicy at times. It didn't get as spicy as I thought it would get. But like, <laughs> it didn't get as spicy as it did earlier. <laughs> it got super spicy before the pod. That's why I was like, let's stop talking about this. We were screaming at each other across the house. That's because you were saying dumb crap. You said dumb crap. I was saying I was crap. saying the same things I said on this pod. Which were dumb. You were dumb. The only reason I didn't get as loud is because I got to sit and think of rebuttals, which most of which you didn't have a comeback for. So I would like to think I won. Name one. The 16 to 25. Yeah, no, that's a tough list this year. That's a yeah, tough list this year. It's that every year. But it's not every year. There's good teams in the top 25 that are peppered in on occasion. 
I'd say you, I'd say it's actually more rare that the top 25 is loaded with a bunch of weird teams. And I would say Iowa has the talent. They just don't have the play calling. They don't have the offense. Th- that's my point. Is they, they don't have two points a game. They have the talent. They're just not utilized properly. Speaking of averaging two points a game, <laughs> did you see this week at one point the New York Jets Atlanta Falcons game was two to nothing? What a score! <laughs> In like the second quarter. Now, it was, was that awesome. A, was that a safe? Never mind. Never it mind. It had to be a safe. Never mind. That was a stupid question. Dummy. Never mind. No, they kicked two extra points. No, I was, I was like, no I was like, I was like, just no. My, my question was about to be that: uh, was that a safety or was that a pick six two point convert? But wait, you got to score a, a touchdown to have a two point conversion. Also, but when you do that, it's still considered a safety. That's why you get two points. I thought that it was just because you like that was the amount. Because like, if you block a. Uh, PAT and run it back. I think it's only one point. It's two points. I th- I think it has to do with how many points you're going for. Listen, it's two points. We if can... you run the football back during a kickoff or a two point or not a kickoff a, a PAT uh, PAT or two point conversion, it is a safety. Oh well, the more you know, the more you calls. But uh, listen, I don't know who you think the four playoff teams should be. I don't know. If you're tired of listening to Thomas say stupid things. I don't know what your opinions are on SEC bias and how they might uh, subconsciously influence our opinions when it comes to college football into stupid ones. I don't know if you can really call it bias when they've won 14 out of the last 23 national championships. I don't know if you can call it not not bias when they've been given better opportunities to do so. But listen, (laughs) I don't know about you. But uh, we're We're just just here here so we we don't don't get fined. fined.